0: Stuff. Welcome to episode number 275 of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. This is the show where we get to know the creators of certified and bona fide good stuff for kids and families. I'm your host, Mike Mason, and it is an honor for me to welcome today's guest, Tracy Bonham, to the show. Tracy, how are you today?
1: I'm doing fantastic. Fantastic.
0: Ah, oh, that's Thank so. You. That is so good to hear. So, some of us may know the name Tracy Bonham, and and I'm just going to share a really quick story. Um, <laughs> Tracy, I've listened to your music for for a while, and uh, your song "Mother, Mother" was pretty. Uh, it was. It's a song that that we love. That a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people love. And I just happened to be listening to it um, via Spotify. Apologies for that. I know that's not the best right. way for you to get to get your, <laughs> your 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 kickback from that. But I was listening to uh-huh. it on Spotify, and then I got an email from Beth, a publicist, saying that you were working on some kids' music, and I was so excited to hear that I, I've talked to lots and lots of different people um, with lots and lots of different backgrounds about how they got into kids music and I just knew that your story was going to be uh, really <laughs> just pretty pretty incredible to hear just the just the way that things kind of happen so one thing I really like to do during the course of the show is set the scene right so I'm here in Houston Texas you are where
1: I'm in Woodstock, New York right now.
0: Woodstock, New York right now. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So um, you're in Woodstock, New York, hanging out. How did, so So, what's a little, just a little taste of, of your musical journey? You know, that, you know, when you were growing up, were you drawn to music? How did you get to, you know, sort of take us to right before the music school, if you would be so kind?
1: Uh, okay. Okay, mm-hmm. I will try to make this um, somewhat brief, but um, <laughs> my grandpa was a self-taught musician. There was music always, always in the house. My mother became a musician and a music educator, so there it was just kind of laid out for me. Um, I took to music at a very early age, and... Um, went heavily into like playing violin and piano and did the lessons and music school and practiced so much and also sang and just really was like immersed in music. Yeah, it, it was a done deal from the ever since like I remember like, yes, I'm going to be a musician or some kind of performer. Um, so I feel very lucky that I just have my whole life. This is my life's work. Um, my mom had a varied music collection, vinyl collection, and um, I would listen to anything from classical music to jazz, to, You know, Stevie Wonder, The Beatles. Those were like my, that was my food. Um, uh, let's see. I was practicing, and, and I ha- my story is kind of like this. I'm a little bit of a rebel. I'm an instigator, and I don't want to fit into a box. So even though I was practicing my violin and my piano eight hours a day or what have you, just these, I didn't want to fit in with that crowd because mm-hmm. those are not my. I mean, I love classical music and I'm so happy to have that foundation. But I didn't, I didn't have it in me to really push for a career in playing in a symphony orchestra because I knew that I'd probably be sitting in the back of the second violin section, you know, at age something, and playing the 1812 Overture for the umpteenth time. And you know, I, I've seen. I've seen those faces in those symphony orchestras. They look bored. So I didn't want to have that life. I always sang. I was super into vocal jazz and harmonies and R&B and gospel. And so when I got my full scholarship to play violin, I was still kind of on the on the line of like, man, I don't know how to talk to these people who are so rigid in their approach. You know, everything's got to be played perfectly. And all of my scores and my... Um, all of the juries that we had when I had to play in front of teachers were like, "Technique's cool, but your emotion is really your strong point." Mm-hmm. And I just knew that, so I kind of, after a couple of years, I gave up the scholarship and I went to um, sing. I want to sing, <laughs> and I went to Berkeley. And my, I remember my stepdad was like, "Okay, be prepared to starve." And I have all of these little moments where I'm like, "That's when I said uh-uh." Or like, I had a moment where I got kicked out of um, music camp. I went to Interlock in this really prestigious music camp in the summer, and I got kicked out because I smoked a cigarette when I was 17. And I have all of these moments where I'm like, that's the moment when I said, um, uh uh-uh, uh, I'm going <laughs> to show you. You know, I'm going to show you. Yeah. And they propelled me like that, that, you know, anger and, and, um, yeah, anger can be a really great motivator. So I practiced and, and or, you know, I went and I showed my dad wrong. Like I am, you know, I'm going to become successful. So that's when I started to sing. And I'm going to get lost if like, what was the question? No, that was totally, <laughs> the, that was to
0: totally the question. And then, so then I guess <laughs> the, the, the next step was, I don't want to assume anything, but you started writing. Yeah. Writing for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Playing around, playing gigs, and then all of a sudden, what happens?
1: Okay. <laughs> um, okay that was very kind of you. Very, getting of getting you. Very, very kind of you.
0: Okay. All right. Now I know we're okay. Nice job. Okay.
1: Now I am. So I, you know, when I was going to Berkeley, I I wasn't uh, vibing at that school either. I didn't. It was kind of the opposite of my classical training. It was like. These people can't play, you know. I was not mixing with the higher level players at Berkeley. This is—is so like, is this, this uh, is...
0: Berkeley in Boston?
1: Yes, uh-huh. Berkeley College of Music in uh-huh.
2: Boston. Yeah, got it, got it.
1: And so, you know, I decided to—I dropped out and I just decided to start gigging. I was like, I'm going to learn more out in the world than I am at this at this time, you know, at Berkeley. Um, so I started gigging, and I had—I um, had this boyfriend who was a drummer and we were in a wedding band together so that was an easy way to make money but it was a dead end you know I'm not gonna I don't want to be a wedding singer for the rest of my life right. but he challenged me he's a great drummer in all different genres and he challenged me to pick up a guitar I knew three chords and he's like just write a song and you know maybe thumb your nose at all of your classical fancy training and just write a three chord song and see if you can you know somehow communicate your message and I did, and soon after that, like in that same like month, I wrote Mother Mother. So it was like all of this stuff was ready mm-hmm. to come out of me, and it was very basic and simple, and in a way, thumbing, not thumbing my nose, but challenging the very concept that everything had to be buttoned up and perfect and in a box. You know, yeah. you could you could emote and you could get. You know, you could send your message out and you're mad at your ex-boyfriend and yeah, and you can write a song about it. And that was fun for me. And it seemed to strike a chord with other people.
0: For sure. I mean, many, many people, many, many, many people it struck a chord with. I think it's so fascinating (laughs) that, um, you know, you had sort of the, like the metaphor I'm thinking of in my mind is like, you had like the. It's like someone stand, you know, the cartoon where the, the person is standing at the like dam and it's about to burst and they have their finger there. Right. And then right. this like prompt, like, go oh, on, should go try to write something like burst, the, <laughs> the, the dam burst from there. That's so a cool metaphor. It's yeah. It's a cool metaphor, right? Uh, I mean, I think mm-hmm. it, I, it, that's what it sounds like to me. And, and I think that mm-hmm. like getting that creativity and finding your place is really, uh, a, a gift and, and not a lot of people right. get to get to be there like you, you know what you were saying like you saw these people playing classical music and they looked bored and being able to like name mm-hmm. that at a young age I think is really uh shows a lot of self-awareness like that's a really good thing a really really good yeah. thing so so you had you had great success and you've put out a, a number of records. And uh, I just had mm-hmm. to say that you recorded um, with one of my one of my favorites. Um, you recorded with mm-hmm. Catherine Calder. Um, and I, it, but that record really um, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the name right now. But uh, that was Modern Burdens. Right. So that's more of a collaborative, yeah. right? Like there, you have a lot of All guests right. on that. What drove you to that that sort of. Um, that That is like the big picture mission for the album, like being collaborative mm-hmm. and having other people with you.
1: Mm. Well, it was coming up on the 20th anniversary of my first debut, The uh, Burdens of Being Upright. And in an effort to kind of recreate something for the fans, instead of doing um, like a complete sound-alike or re-record, which a lot of bands tend to do because there's a lot of us from the 90s who don't own our masters, master recordings and a lot of bands re-recorded note for note tone for tone to kind of replace do a little switcheroo mm-hmm. in case there's any kind of music licensing and stuff and then you get the income from it and not the record label that owns it in perpetuity right well that was gonna be the that was the idea at first and then my co-producer john Lachewski and i would just looked at each other and we're like why are we doing this again like It was already, you know, we already did, I already did that in the 90s, so there was a freedom in opening up, like, these songs from Burdens of Being Upright and doing them in a modern way, so I called it Modern Burdens, Mm -hmm. and then... Oh, and then it was 2016, around there, where, you know, um, I don't know if you remember, because maybe you blocked it out, but there was this guy that won the presidential <laughs> election.
0: Oh, yeah. That guy. Uh-huh. Remember
1: that, that guy, which we'll never mention again, I hope. Um, and, you know, Hillary, it was going to be the year of the woman, and we were so excited. And then, like, while recording, that happened, you know, that day mm-hmm. was so dark. And John and I were like, we should make this a girl power album and we should start reaching out to some of our favorite singers and artists to ask if they want to be a part of this kind of recreation or reimagining of the album. Mm. So Catherine was one of them, and I just love her voice. I love what she does with um, her own music and new pornographers. And And this is the fun part about this is that I just did some cold calling, not really calling, but like tweeting. Cold, cold tweeting, Uh direct messaging. Right. And I'd say like, hey, do you, you know, I love your work. Do you want to sing a song on my recreation of Burdens of Being Upright? And it was such an ego boost. It was kind of like it became a. It felt like a tribute to myself. <laughs> and, you know, somebody like Catherine Calder was like, oh, my God, I love that album that made me want to write songs. I can't remember. I'm not going to misquote her. But the response from her and uh, the other women on the album, it made me feel like I was doing something right in my life, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we had Catherine send in her vocals on a song called Brain Crack. And a Brain Crack, on my – First album in the ninety in the nineties was just a weird little ditty that I kind of uh, pulled out of my bottom um, <laughs> on the violin. I I can't remember. Like, is this a kids show? Because I have to really watch it. It's
0: like. In it's it's the idea is we're we're uh, letting parents get to know you. And yeah, I think okay. that you should be yourself. That's what I think. Okay, well okay,
1: <laughs> but I do have to be careful. So and, and yeah, but we'll get into that too, like how we blur these lines. But um so it, I just did this little ditty on the violin. It was a really weird little thirty-second song on the original album. And then we kind of made th- this whole bed of like kind of electronic amazing baseline and then we sent the track to Catherine, and she just she overdubbed i don't know how many like 34 vocals oh wow sent them to us in in like no time at all and we both listened to her tracks and we were like oh my god our jaws dropped it it was fantastic so good
0: she's incredible that's that's cool and I, i think what i think it I think what I think, no, <laughs> but what I'm trying <laughs> yeah. to say is-
1: And therefore you are.
0: Right. <laughs> but the, the <laughs> idea that there's 34 tracks on there, most people aren't going to listen to that and know that. And I think that right. giving the sort of pulling back the curtain a little bit and seeing the work that goes into a song, like that uh, is really mm-hmm. it's important. So let's uh, let's mm-hmm. put ourselves in the uh, we've we've been in the 90s, we've been in the 2016s. Let's put ourselves in like the <laughs> 2020 2021s, and you got a you got a different thing going now. Um, you've got mm-hmm. um you've got the Melodian Music House. So what what is that? Tell me what you've been up to. <laughs>
1: okay, so. I had started writing songs that were very music education based. Uh, I'm going to say for about seven years now, mm-hmm. and it all started when I, I got off the road. I was on the road with Blue Man Group for a long time, and we were doing those arena tours and stuff. And I just wanted to slow down. I was tired of being on the road. I wanted to kind of know what it like, know what it was like to keep a plant alive and maybe start a family. You know, mm-hmm. so I started teaching cuz i am a music theory nerd and love my whole i love my traditional upbringing and i i really want to give back to the community by like not only teaching music and music theory but teaching how to learn teaching how to practice teaching kids or grown-ups all ages how to find the music in their heart and the passion and then find that passion for learning and i'm like i said i'm a music theory buff so or I wouldn't say buff. It's not like I know everything, but I just love it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, these sto- songs started falling from the sky almost. It was like, wow. And it reminded me of Schoolhouse Rock. I love Schoolhouse Rock so much. I love Sesame Street. I was dying to have it, a kid just so I could watch Sesame Street again, <laughs> um, Electric Company, and even those like empowerment, like, um, you know, free to be, you and me songs. Like yeah. these songs started to. Write themselves. I was just the vehicle, you know. Mm-hmm. And I started to record them with my friend. His name is Josh Margolis, and he's got like a he's got a business called um, Go On Us Music Club. It's like an alternative to the Schoolhouse Rock franchise. Um, and we would teach, you know, young kids. We'd mentor kids in their bands and stuff. Anyway, he helped me record these songs, and I had I have a lot of these songs, and it's been what seven years of just kind of. Making these recordings, but never knowing when to put them out because it's such a left turn, and there would always be another Tracy Bonham album on the horizon, or I'd still not done with what I wanted to say with Tracy Bonham music, and I would be touring and stuff. So they were just sitting there. Now, cut to March of 2020, Mm -hmm. I was on the road with um, my bass player Renee Hart, and we were touring my grown up Tracy Bonham songs. And that was so enriching and beautiful, but when we were on the airplane home, and it was March fifteenth, and wow, you know what I mean, right? I'm with you. I'm with you. Right. We were playing some of the last shows at these venues. Um, We knew that it was going to be a while until we could tour again and really kind of reach these people. So I was like, you know what? I have this album, or more. I have a lot of this stuff already in a can. I want to release this album. I finally want to do it. And not only that, I want to release a series of albums and I want to create a music education curriculum platform that goes along with all of the educational aspects within these songs. Because again, it's like schoolhouse rock, but it's about, you know, the doe and the doe rainese or the major and minor third or all of these little lessons hidden inside a really fun and catchy and memorable song. It needs to have a visual component. And so we are now creating a video lesson series that's going to come out soon. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so ha- have you been doing that? I mean, I think that that it's soul fedge, right? The do re mi like that. Is that? Yeah, what it, yeah right. right. So I think that 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 is a really interesting uh, slant to take on uh-huh. music education because it's, it's, it's bigger. It's more than this is a ukulele and this is what a ukulele sounds like. <laughs> so have you uh-huh. been, have you been had like, uh, have you been doing, I guess what I'm trying to say is have you been doing any of these, any of these classes, like trying them out online and things like that? And what's the oh, response yeah. been?
1: Oh, right. Well, so over the years when I was in Brooklyn, kind of in between tours, I was also, I started to teach these songs in real, like, you know, in a real school. Um, Mm -hmm. So I got to know um, the folks at Brooklyn Preschool of Science. And at the first I was like, well, preschool, that's really young. What am I going to do? But all of a sudden, I just got hooked on this age in particular because it's They're so, you know, full of magic. They follow you anywhere. They'll follow you on some kind of, like, you know, magical story. And they'll engage. And it's right, it's before they become self-conscious. It's before they become discouraged, possibly. And, you know, I've met so many people now that say, you know, I wanted to do music, but I had a discouraging teacher. Or I wanted to play the violin, but my teacher was mean or boring or whatever. And this age in particular, I feel like I can get to them even though I want to teach all ages or I want to, you know, kind of spread this whole thing for all ages, that age in particular is so pure and beautiful. um, That to, to help somehow guide them to find music in their hearts and also love the passion for learning. That's what made me like completely hooked on this, this age and teaching. And then, so I was teaching at those schools. There's three schools in Brooklyn and I was like honing my craft. I was like shaping their like my little mm-hmm. laboratory. I was learning what worked and what didn't work. And I, I figured out what got them moving. I figured out what got them to fall asleep and <laughs> out of boredom. I, I figured it out, you know, yeah. over these like five years, I think. Yeah. And then I learned how to do it remotely because COVID hit. And I continued to teach the Zoom classes and felt like I could do pretty well on these Zoom classes. Like I still kept them engaged, which yeah. I know is hard for some teachers. And I don't know. I, I started using it as a gimmick. I would, I'd put a little roll of paper and pretend like it was a tunnel. And mm-hmm. I'd put it up to the camera. <laughs> and I'd pretend like I'd be like, God, this internet. We need to dig a hole through the internet right now so we can hang out together. And I'd have them pretend to dig a hole through the internet. And it would look like a tunnel. And like I used, I just started using the medium as like more fodder for yeah. more material, you know?
0: Really, really creative. I, I, it's so interesting, <laughs> right? Like, so you mm-hmm. have all of this stage experience, right? Because you've been on tour for for h- however long, right? B- trying to connect with an adult audience. And, and I've heard this a <laughs> lot and I've experienced this myself. It's like trying mm-hmm. to connect with an adult audience is so mm. difficult. And then you get these kids who are just like, tell me more like what's next do that one again oh, so and it, beautiful. it's so beautiful i love the way that you articulated right. that that was that yeah. was really uh it's it's a very profound thing for for musicians to realize that i think mm. it, it's this this, this sorry um, it sure is my uh, my dog's okay. running around with a with a uh, toy and it's loud so um so so in addition yeah. to the classes I would love to mm-hmm. hear a little bit about the record that's coming out. So there's a record, I believe it is okay. April 16th, if I'm not mistaken. Right, um, April 16th.
1: Exactly. Tracy
0: Bonham and Melodian mm-hmm. Music House, Young Maestros Correct. Volume One. What can we? Yeah. Uh, what can we expect?
1: Well, <laughs> um, so, well. <laughs> do you got an hour? Um, so these are going to be 11 songs that out of many that I had to choose from that are mostly educational. There are some that are just fun. Like there's one song called shake like a rattlesnake and it's, it's a song, it's kind of a Johnny cash esque uh, song about a rattlesnake who um, puts on a big show and says like, yeah, I'm I'm really like a badass," but he's really scared of everything. So there's that, but there's always lessons in it. Even if it's not music education, there's, you know, a lesson about like, Learning how to work together. I have a song called Background Singers, which is one of my favorites, where the lead singer who's singing the song has been locked in the closet by the background singers because <laughs> she's annoying. <laughs> you know, she's like <laughs> one of those like divas.
2: Mm-hmm. And the
1: background singers are having their day, and they're singing to each other in the song. So the ba- the background singers are kind of like not really – they're kind of like singing to her, but they don't really like, they They love the fact that they've locked her in the closet. She's trying to get out of the closet, and then she realizes, okay, I guess I don't pay you enough. Um, I guess uh, <laughs>
0: typical, you know, uh-huh. I don't, yeah, I don't give you
1: enough like stage time or whatever. And, and then they learn how to work together at the end. So, but then there's also other songs that really do, they're very much like schoolhouse rock, but instead of it being about, you know, adjectives or conjunctions or you know, I'm just a Bill. It's about the uh, major and minor third, and what's the difference? And oh, then there's this other song um, that's written completely on the black keys of the piano called All the Blackbirds. Oh, wow. And it's literally like it teaches you, anyone, any age, how to play the song in the song lyrics. Huh. Nice. <laughs> I can't explain it any further yeah. because I'm so excited yeah. about it. Yeah, it's, that's it's really a cool. It's beautiful yeah it's really really fun and we'll have videos for for those and and then eventually video content video lessons to help further you know the educational aspect of all that
0: it's amazing all of this sounds Mm. so great and should say that there is a first single and a first video out called me symphony Mm -hmm. which is really i mean there's a message to that too right and and i i i will i'm not going to say it in my words i would much rather hear from you but the What's the message of, uh, of Me Symphony?
1: Okay, Me Symphony is... So this is one of those um, songs that's a little less you know music education-based. Sorry, hang on a second. It's okay. Putty? Uh, no, I don't have putty. I'm sorry, I had to talk to my son who's on a Zoom thing and they needed a butter knife and putty. Yeah, um, well, makes sense. <laughs> COVID times. Yep. Um, okay, so Me Symphony is really about... Okay, I tell this story at the beginning how I basically lost all my instruments. Like I showed up at the gig and I lost my tuba in Aruba. Um, I love making silly rhymes. but um, It's a very goofy way, a setup, to say that if you forget your instrument or if something's not exactly right or if things are not going exactly as planned, the show must go on and you can do it. Mm -hmm. so it's a song about empowerment so after the the slow intro um the song kicks in and it's basically about making music without having to have your instrument to hide behind but you can use your voice you can use your hands your feet and um just kind of lose your inhibitions and Mm -hmm. you know anyone can do that
0: it's it's another great sentiment and the rhymes you know I, as, as a as a music listener, I was like, "Oh, where's she going with this?" Ah, that's where <laughs> she's going with this. I like. Uh, so So, Tracy, I want to thank you again for taking the time to uh, to share mm-hmm. all of this uh, with me and with, yeah. uh, with the audience here. So how can we keep up with you? How can we find you? Follow you social mm-hmm. media website etc
1: Okay. So, well, I guess, you know, this is where I, I am wearing two hats. Like, who am I? Am I Tracy Bonham or <laughs> am I Meloda Music House? But um, so, you know, obviously you can find me at Tracy dot com or, or my socials are like, I don't know, just search Tracy Bonham. <laughs> Um, But also, but since this is my new endeavor and I really, you know, uh, I want to really get the word out about this. So we've got MelodianMusicHouse.com, Melodian spelled M-E-L-O-D-E-O-N, and then MusicHouse.com. And then my face, our Facebook is um, at MelodianMusicHouse. And the Instagram is at Melodian.Music.House.
0: Beautiful, so thank you so much And we're about to hear uh, One of your brand new songs So tell us what we're about to hear I mean, we did just talk about it a second ago But it not We did hurt. just
2: talk about
1: it It doesn't So this is the song The first single from the upcoming album Young Life Girls, Volume 1 The song is called Me, Symphony
0: right, Thank you so much, Tracy It was great talking to you
2: Thank you I lost my tuba I lost my piano in Indiana I lost my shaker in Jamaica I lost my bongo in the Congo I lost my viola in Angola I lost my cello in Monticello I lost my trumpet in Old Nantucket I lost my banjo in San Fernando